Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Did you know that suicide is the number two reason why young people die in our world today? I mean, young people, teenagers, people under the age of 18, killing themselves. How do you get to that place where as a young person, you feel you've got no future? Maybe you've gone through abuse. Maybe you've gone been molested. Maybe you are growing up and you're exposed to tremendous poverty and violence, all the things that work on the soul and the psyche of people. I want to tell you that emotional battles are real and we have to deal with them or they'll deal with us. We have to face the giants on the inside. The greatest territory that you will ever claim is the territory of your mind. And that's why David wrote the Psalm because he's going through a valley. But twice he talks about the importance of your soul, your psyche, the stability of your soul so that you don't lose yourself. You're not caught in a state of depression. You don't go run and hide in a cave. You do not run to a place where you try and silence your problems in a bottle of tablets or a bottle of alcohol or a white line of cocaine or another relationship. I don't know where you are tonight, but I'll tell you, you're not alone. I don't care how low you are tonight, God is going to lift you up. God's going to raise you up because God is going to anoint you with fresh oil tonight. Say amen in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, we need the anointing of God more than ever, not just on our hearts, but on our heads. I said we need the anointing of God more than ever, not just in our spirit so we can but we need the anointing of God upon our minds so that we can think the thoughts of God and overcome the devils and the demons on the inside and slay the giants of depression and despair and discouragement to be the generation that God called you to be. Oh, come on, young person, I'm talking to you tonight. You were born for this hour, but you are facing the greatest battles emotionally that any generation has ever fought. Everything on social media is is designed to weaken your mind, to break down your uh, emotions and to tell you who you are not. The amazing thing about God is He tells you who you are. He never tells you who you're not. He tells you what you can do. He never tells you what you cannot do. So I'm going to talk about Elijah again. I never got into the message this morning, but this is an our word for our church, for our movement, and for this generation. Elijah. I mean, if you look at a prophet in the Old Testament, he must be the greatest prophet, okay? Because people say to Jesus, when he said, who do people say I am? People say, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah. And when John the Baptist came, they said he came in the spirit of Elijah. So Elijah is a great man of God. He's called by God. He's anointed by God. He's appointed by God. Amen. When there's a drought, he goes to Zarephath and uh, he meets a widow outside. He gives her a word, a supernatural word, a prophecy that sustains her throughout a three and a half year period of drought, supernaturally. Her son dies and here comes the man of of power, anointed for the hour and he resurrects the child. Not too bad. Then he goes to the mountain and he prays in a drought. And when there is a severe drought, his prayer causes a cloud to appear 
and then a thunderstorm and the hand of God comes upon him and he experiences supernatural acceleration. Hello, how many of you are experiencing supernatural? Come on, he outruns the, chi- the, the king's chariot. Come on, you better gird up your loins. You better get ready because when the hand of God comes upon you, God's going to take you places you can't take yourself. You better get ready to come out of your slump, out of your dump, out of your misery. You better get ready for God to lift you up in the name of Jesus Christ. But you have to get your thoughts to line up with the anointing of God upon your life. Then his greatest moment, we read in 1 Kings 18, just to recap quickly. There's a a face-off between Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Asherah. One against 850. Because people turned away from God. The whole nation turned away from God. He challenges all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. 400 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah. People that worship false gods. And he tells them, you cry upon your God, whoever your God is today, not going to go there. But I'm going to call upon my God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, and the God who answers by fire. He is God. The people said, well spoken, Osbosov, well spoken. And we know how they cry out from the morning till the evening. They cut themselves as their custom was, but there was no voice. There was no one who heard. Elijah repairs the altar of God on Mount Carmel. He restores the presence of God to Israel. He's on a high. Every time you read about Elijah, he's on a high. Elijah is anointed. Elijah is powerful. He seems to be invincible. Whatever he does, he's anointed. God touches. God blesses. And he has the greatest victory in the nation of Israel. He turns a whole nation back to God in one moment. Uh, Many of you would like to have that anointing. Come on. (laughs) You have a greater anointing, but that's not the end of the story. Let's pick up what happens to Elijah as the appointed anointed man of God. In James chapter 5 verse 7, the Bible says, man, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Sometimes we think prophets glow in the dark. Or when they sneeze, a tornado comes out of their nostrils. Sometimes people try to be so cool that if they walk past a a, a refrigerator, they want the Coke tins to freeze. Your cool is not going to cut it in this hour. You need to walk appointed. You need to walk anointed. You need to know what it is to have your mind under the control and the influence of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says, He was a man just like us, called, but just like us. Successful businessmen, but just like us. One of the greatest comedians in South Africa, you can try and think who it is, it doesn't matter, has been struggling with depression for over 40 years. He makes people laugh, but he himself struggles with depression, fighting demons every day of his life. Robin Williams, one of the greatest comedians, same thing, committed suicide because of depression. Because the battles people fight are battles nobody can see. A teenager that feels hopeless. A teenager that sees no future. You played first team, netball, hockey, soccer, rugby, and suddenly the contract you expected to get, you didn't get. You never got the promotion. The girl left you for your friend. Oops. Then you say bye. (laughs) Amen. Come on, young people. 
I mean, young people want to kill themselves when, when somebody breaks a relationship with them. Just open your eyes, man. That's why you're not here. Alsjeblieft, toch, man. Let her open her swim. Let her weg swim. Say, where swim? Say, swim. Swim, 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 swim. And go fang her vis. But, but, but things can happen that make us believe we have no future. So 1 Kings chapter 19, or, or let me finish, the Bible says, he, is, he, he, he has got the same physical, emotional, mental, spiritual limitations and shortcomings. So he had to deal with the same issues you and I have to deal with, although he was anointed. Let me tell you, you don't live in the anointing. You live as a human being, anointed by the Holy Ghost. That's why you have to learn to reconstruct your thinking patterns and you have to learn to control your mind because the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. 365 times in the Bible, the Bible says, fear not or be not afraid. There's a scripture every day of your life to tell you not to be afraid, that your future is secure, that God has your back, that God's not gonna fail you, that no matter how bad things may seem, you have a future and you have a hope. No matter what mistake you have made, God will turn that mistake into a miracle. Come on, no matter how severe your setback, God will turn that sin back into a great comeback. Come on, somebody say, it's comeback time and you make up your mind, I'm coming back stronger. So, so the very next day, I mean, Elijah, he turns a nation to God. I mean, everybody, Elijah the Great, Elijah the Great, Elijah, 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 until the next day he wakes up. Because every day you have to wake up. Yeah, yeah, there's a double in what I just said. Every day you have to get up. Every day you have to make up your mind. Every day you have to choose. So he wakes up. Because often after a high, there's an emotional low. And obviously he's in an emotional low and he gets a negative report. Jezebel is coming for him. I have told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Jezebel represents a spirit of manipulation, a spirit of intimidation, and a spirit of persecution that would try to derail you from your assignment in life. But Jezebel does not have the power unless you believe she has the power. That spirit that is trying to intimidate you and talk you out of your tomorrow does not have the power. You have the power. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Listen to me today in Jesus' name. I don't care what the coach said. I don't care what your mama said. Sometimes we deal with people that are 50 years old and they're not getting on in life because the father rejected them as a child. It's tragic, it's sad. But your heavenly father will not reject you. He's accepted you, he loves you, he believes in you. That's why we have to get his voice overriding every other voice in your life and in your mind. So Jezebel sent a messenger. She didn't even have the guts to go to Elijah, okay? That's people who try to intimidate you never, will never face up. They'll go sit behind a keyboard and they will try to intimidate you. They don't have the guts, just like she didn't have the guts. She sent a message, message, inbox, comment. You know, people that comment ugly things have no guts. They're spineless, they're faceless. I hope.
hope you're not one of those key, uh, Facebook uh, uh, key, war- key, key, key warriors, key whatever you call it, keyboard warriors. I hope you're not one of those fools. I hope when you post something, it's for the edification of people and for the glory of the name of Jesus. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. Especially if somebody falls or somebody's down and out, I hope you are not there to throw a stone like those did at the woman caught in adultery. I hope you are there to tell that person that God is a God of mercy, a God of love, that God will not cancel you and God will not give up on you. Say amen tonight, come on. So she says, she sends a message, so let God do to me and more also, which happened to her later on, Jehu killed her. She brought it on herself, prophesying with a big mouth. Because what you want to happen to others will happen to you, good or bad. He says, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, what did her words do? Her words created an image, a picture. When you are expecting, you're at school, you expect, and I also played rugby, you ex- and you played a brilliant game. I can, I'll never forget, I, I once played and uh, scored two tries, and I thought, for, for sure, I'm in the A team the next week. And my name was just not on the list. Needless to say, I was a little bit traumatized, okay? I thought, what did I do wrong? Nobody ever told me what I did. I actually took a gap, and I actually scored two tries. How come? Because somebody else's daddy had more money. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, the funniest thing on, on not the kids on the on the rugby field it's the fathers next to the rugby field when my kids were swimming I mean I stayed high up in the stands because I look at look at the people I thought you're making fools of yourself this is going beyond encouraging your child encourage them in the starting block but to run next to the uh, 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 and you're shouting at that child they can't even hear you swim 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 Dan zei 300 pond oor gewig en, en dan wil en dan denk jy, jy gaan nie sink nie, jy gaan soos een dober drijf. Ok, just erase that off social media quickly. The guy that never played rugby that forces his child. The father that tries to live his dreams through his child. Back off man, back off. Leave your child to find himself. Back off. Amen. Love your child. Okay, it's the wrong service to say that. You should talk to the, the, the adults in the morning. Well, you're all adults, okay? You should talk to people in the morning. So when he saw that, the, 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 the picture of Rune, suddenly it's finished. It's amazing what a negative report can do. Your financial uh, 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 accountant walks in and the finances are not the way you thought. Well, you should be on top of your finances. Amen. I mean, I talk to people, I say, what's your profit? They say, I don't know. I say, after a year, what's your profit? They say, I don't know. You better know what's happening in your business. A wise man will get ahead in life. You better know what your outflow is and what your income is. You better be on top of your business if you want your boat to stay afloat. Say amen in Jesus' name. And maybe sometimes cut your credit card and stop your expenses. So you become so discouraged because from being a great man of God, suddenly he, 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 he sees a picture that he's finished, he's gonna die. And he runs for his life, the Bible says, listen, what he does. And he runs for his life and went to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, which is actually a place of place of praise. And like the house of God, a place of praise, but rather than praising, he's meditating on his fear. 
and he over-exaggerates what is happening to him rather than praising because your praise is what will break the yoke of Satan off of your life. Come on, if you believe it tonight, I don't care how you feel, lift your voice to God with a shout of praise. Come on, your parents are going through a divorce. I know you are going through a bad place. You may not have had one meal today, but you make up your mind. I'm not gonna go to a cave. I'm gonna go to a mountaintop and I'm gonna praise God. Even if I walk through a valley, I'm gonna praise God. Come on, some of you need to lift up your voice. You're in a bad place and you just have to praise Him. You have to praise Him. You have to praise Him in any case. When all the hell shows up, you have to, oh, praise Him. Not from your head, but from your heart. In the name of Jesus, you gotta praise Him. That's why you can't skip church. Thanks for that. So he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he sat down. So at Beersheba, he leaves his servant. So what does he do? He isolates himself. The first thing people do when they go through emotional battles, they isolate themselves, bad thing to do. Because when you isolate yourself, you will rage against wise counsel. When you isolate yourself, you will bring ruin and destruction to your mind. So for the first time we find Elijah, he isolates himself, what COVID did. He's not gonna go to church. He's not gonna go to a home cell. He changes his theology. I'm gonna do it by myself. Hey, I'm working on a message that is entitled, Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes, you are your brother's keeper. You cannot serve God by yourself. You have to think about the backslider. You have to think about the prodigal. You cannot leave the house of God and think you will recover yourself. So from standing on the mountaintop, he now goes and sits down under a broom tree or a juniper tree. And he prays that he might die. Now he's praying the, the, the Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. The picture is so real that Elijah, from being God's man of power, wants to die. He wants to quit. He's running away from his destiny. He's running away from what God called him to do. Whatever is happening in his mind, he's facing a battle. In the valley of discouragement from there, he goes quickly from praying down God's fireplace of victory, power, business booming, everything going great, strong health, coming first, getting every job you ever wanted. Suddenly you experience loss. Suddenly you're intimidated. Suddenly something goes away you never planned or envisaged like him from the highest day in his life to the lowest day in his life. And he's in the valley of discouragement. He runs and there he isolates himself because that's what discouragement does. You isolate yourself. You don't want anybody to talk to you. You don't want to hear what you don't want to hear. You want to suck your thumb. You want to feel sorry for yourself. I'm not trying to be unkind here now. You want to justify why you feel why you feel. Hey, it's going to cost you your destiny. But Elijah, he leaves his servant there. His servant is his friend, by the way. He leaves his friend there and he moves on by himself. And here he goes and he sits now from standing, from a posture of prayer, to a place of sitting under the juniper tree, a place where he quits, a place where he resigns to his destiny. He resigns from his destiny. 
and he says, it's enough, God, I want to die. But I want you to see that God knew exactly where he's at and God never judged him, God never condemned him. God came to recover His servant as God is coming tonight to recover you. Oh, you may look alive on the outside, but God knows what's happening on the inside. God knows that you are going through a journey in your mind and God is going to reverse that journey. God's going to bring you back. Hey, God's going to bring you back to your senses tonight. Shout amen. Come on, someone. This is for you tonight. Some of you chose a path of isolation. Stop it. Sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Now he's talking to God about his problems and he said, it's enough. Take my life for I'm no better than my father's. Now he's got suicidal thoughts. I mean, picture this, it's in the Bible. He's praying fire. He's turning a whole nation back to God. The next day he loses perspective of reality like this. Overwhelmed, overcome, voices talking in his head. And God forbid when you're in that place that there are other voices that talk to you and say to you what you want to hear. You'll not see God sending an angel, which is a messenger by the way, to have a negative conversation with a prophet. The angel comes to get him out of his depression, to get him out of his despair, to get him back on his feet, to get him back to the mountaintop. Can you say amen tonight? Come on. So after his greatest moment, his lowest moment, he's in a place of extreme hopelessness and despair. He's in a place of silent resignation. He's in a place of disillusionment. He's in a place of discouragement. Things are not going the way it should. I've always been on a high, suddenly this low. Why did this happen? God doesn't even answer the question because God is not finished with him. All God is asking him is, what are you doing here? You should be on the mountaintop. What are you doing in the valley? What are you doing under the juniper tree? What are you doing in the place of quitting? So we read further in 1 Kings 19 verse 5. The Bible says, he lay and he slept under the broom tree and suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Well, this is the angel. I'm called an angel, okay, which is called a messenger. And I'm saying to you tonight, my brother, my sister, my young friend, you have to rise up again. You have to eat again from the tree of life. You have to eat again from the positive tree. You have to eat again from a God who gives dreams and visions. You have to stop eating from a tree of death and darkness and despair and discourage and anger and hate and bitterness. You have to eat from a tree of life. So while he's asleep, God comes to him. Sleep shows that he's resigned. He's almost at a place of quitting. He's waiting just to die, but he doesn't have the guts to kill himself. And then he looked and there by his head, I said it this morning and it's profound, was a cake baked on coals. Where was the challenge? In his mind. So where did God start to bring change to his life, to his mind? Listen, people get touched by the Holy Ghost and we're going to have many more revival services. But we need more than your spirit on fire. We need your mind anointed. We need your thinking anointed. We need your picture in your mind dominated by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So by his head, there's a cake, bread baked on coals. Not old religious teaching or doctrine, but there's fresh manna. The Word of God is there. There's a rhema. 
There's a bread, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, who's the only one who will bring you out of your slump, out of your slumber. But you have to arise and you have to discern and you have to eat from the right pot. Not a pot of misery, but a pot of bread baked by an angel, the Word of God. That's why you cannot skip Sunday, because you need two things for your mind to change. You need the Word of God and you need the anointing, the presence of God, the house of God where God cohabitates. God lives with us. God dwells with us. When you come here, not only do you receive the Word broken, that changes your mind, but you receive the presence of God in worship. The presence of God comes and yokes are destroyed. Burdens are removed. Things begin to shift in your life as you go through that journey. So by his head, there's a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So listen, he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and he said again, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. Listen, please, listen. If you have disease eating away at your body and the doctor tells you to go for a certain procedure, you better listen to the doctor. Although you don't wanna go for the procedure, the doctor knows that procedure is gonna save your life, okay? I have to pause here. Hey, television audience, thanks for being with us, we love you. Flip over to one of our social media platforms, YouTube, CLC Online, and uh, be part of the service. God's going to touch you through the airwaves tonight. Listen, God's got a great future for you. It's time for you to arise. It's time for you, if you can, get yourself back in a church where the anointing of God is. Come on, your best days are ahead of you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, so he arose and ate and drank. Um, uh, you know, people need to get back to God. People need to get back to church. People need to get back to what matters. People need to get back to the anointing. People need to get back because you are not going to change your mind out there in Loftus looking at the spring box. You will have a great shout, but it's going to shift nothing in you. You're not going to change anything by the Weyfeld looking for a cow, looking for something out there. It's not going to happen. You need something more. You're not going to shift anything in you with another girlfriend or another boyfriend. You're not going to shift anything drinking more alcohol. It's not going to work. He didn't work yesterday. It's not going to work tomorrow. You're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into a dark place. You have to get yourself back into the presence of God. You have to arise, young person. I said, you have to arise. And if your girlfriend doesn't want to arise with you, you say, so long, babe, I'll see you later. Find somebody else that's not in love with God, somebody else that doesn't love the things of God, but I plan to finish my journey. I'm not going to get stuck in a valley because of a girl or a boy or a relationship. I'm going to move through that valley in Jesus' name. So he arose and he ate. You want things to change in your mind, you have to eat God's Word. He sent His Word and He healed them and He delivered them from their destruction. The Word of God cannot become optional. You cannot become selective in your hearing when you face challenges. You're offended, so you don't want to listen to hear about forgiveness. 70 times 7. You want somebody to justify your offense. Well, no angel sits with this prophet and, and weeps with him and sulks with him and talks with him. What is the angel trying to do? To get him out of isolation. Listen, because isolation will kill you. Isolation will destroy you in your soul, will destroy you. Isolation is the greatest place of deception. If the enemy can isolate you, he's gonna annihilate you. No matter what your reason is. I mean, he had a reason to run. It wasn't a great reason, but he ran from a woman. 
Well, if it's Delilah, you better run. Amen. But this is Jezebel. She's intimidating him. We don't run from intimidation. <clears throat> I said we don't run from intimidation. We slay the giants of intimidation. Those circumstances trying to, 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 to intimidate you, the things people say trying to intimidate you, 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 you don't get swayed by barking dogs. You, you stay on track. You stay on, on your journey. You stay the full course in the name of Jesus. Amen? Because that's the problem with barking dogs. They go nowhere. They fenced in. They don't like people that are getting ahead in life. So you don't stop and, and, and entertain a barking dog. You just ignore them and you just move on into the greater things. And what, that barking dog next year will still be there. Five years from now, we'll still be barking on social media. But you are going to go higher and you are going to go greater and you are going to do what God has called you to do. Say amen. Come on, because it's God's promise for you. So he arose and he, God tells him to go to Mount Horeb. But then he went, goes to a cave and he spends the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for you, Lord. I've been a tither. I've been coming to church. I'm a good person. Not that that qualifies you for God's blessing because He sends His rain on the just and the unjust. He's merciful to the good and the bad. You don't qualify for blessing. Christ has qualified you for blessing. You don't earn God's favor. You have God's favor 2,000 years ago because of what Jesus did. So He says, I've been zealous. I'm your prophet. I'm your man. Why am I going through this? God says, you're just going through what every other human will go through in life at times. says, I've been very zealous for you, Lord. I'm the only one serving you. Nobody wants to follow you any longer. The children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Listen, Elijah, did you forget that the children of Israel turned back to God yesterday? <laughs> did you forget what God did last year? Did you forget what God did for you five years ago? Did, did you forget so quickly because this intimidation is so big and so glaring? Did you forget? In his mind, the picture has changed. But the previous day, a whole nation turns back to God. The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And they, they wipe out the trace of the Baal prophets and the prophets of Asherah. So, so God, the, the presence of God is restored to Israel. And then Jezebel comes for him and he forgets what God did. How is it that we forget so easy? How is it that we so quickly gravitate to negativity? because it's our humanity that we have to bring into subjection to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit because we all have thoughts coming to our minds. Thoughts to be discouraged, thoughts to give up. All of us, every single one of us here. If it happened to Him, it's going to happen to you. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in any way as we are yet without sin. That's why He also had to come into this world to identify with your journey as a human being. You, a spirit being, your greatest challenge is to master the human experience. Because in your spirit, Satan cannot tempt you. But in your humanity, your emotions, your feelings, somebody says something, somebody does something, and there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go, and your wife goes with you, and your son goes with you. There you go. There you go. From Mount Carmel, there you go. There you go. In a valley, isolation, and you isolate yourself more 
and you go sit and you doubt yourself, which is the worst kind of doubt, by the way. You doubt God. Because what Jezebel actually said is not even that bad because she didn't have the power to kill him. God was his defense. But he forgot it in a moment. He just killed all her prophets in one moment. She's not even a prophet. She's not even the king. And just because she said, you're going to die. You think it's all over, honey, it's all over. No, it's not all over. You have a setback, you take it on the chin. You have a, 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 a severe a, a fall, you get back up again. Come on in Jesus' name, come on. You don't end yourself, you don't allow people to end you. You don't get yourself into a, a under a broom tree where you sit and think about thoughts of quitting and you justify your feeling and your emotion. So God says to him, you go to Mount Horeb, but what does he do? He takes a side journey and he goes to a cave, which is a bad place to be. God comes to him immediately because a cave will annihilate you, will stop you, will cancel you if you stay in a cave too long. Because in a cave you will develop every negative image. All those negative images will be developed there. And when you come out there, you'll be a different person. You'll be cynical. You'll be angry. You'll be bitter. You'll be suspicious. Because you never went through your valley with God's presence in the right way. Well, God doesn't criticize him, but we have to learn from this. That's why the Bible talks about this great man that prays, but he says, remember, he was a man just like you. He had to deal with his own emotions. And if he did not get his emotions in check, his emotions would have canceled his destiny. Oh, you must listen to me. You get bitter, that's it. You cancel your future. You get angry, that's it. You are canceling your future. Listen to me. You stay in a place of discouragement. We all get discouraged. That's what the Bible says. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The Bible says to Joshua, be strong and be courageous. We all feel despondent at times, but we don't stay there. Amen. We arise, we eat what? The bread and we come to church. We drink the water right and we get our sanity to return. But Elijah is in a place, he goes to a dark cave, which is the place we hide from our realities. We don't want to confront what is bothering us. Hmm. He should have taken Jezebel out. He should have just given an instruction, said, okay, Jezebel, you come here. Come, 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 come. Back to the mountain. As a matter of fact, he never should have left the top of the mountain. He just said, call that woman. And say, okay, Lord. But he forgot. It's a place where we lose perspective. <laughs> I alone am left. I mean, really, Elijah, you're not the only one left. Listen, the whole nation turned back to God yesterday. How's it that you're the only one left? And by the way, God just told you there's 7,000 other prophets that have not bowed the knee to Baal. You're not the only one. You're not the only lonely. Because that's what Satan wants you to believe. Isolation. You feel sorry, and the longer you stay isolated, the sorrier you are going to feel for yourself, and the sorrier you will begin to act. The less power and the less force you will exercise for God, for God's kingdom, and to move forward. 
A dark cave is a place where we lay down our mantles and our dreams. It's in our minds. Before we see it on somebody on the outside, people don't backslide. Today they're in the front row, tomorrow they're in the club. No, it happens little by little. It's a journey. It's a thought that grows. That person doesn't check the thought and deal with a stronghold. He doesn't get himself into God's presence under the Word and under the power of the Holy Ghost. So that thought becomes a, a, a spot that grows. Might be an offense. Little offense that grows and grows and grows. You know, normally when you talk to people and you say, oh, you're offended, they say, I'm not offended. You know they're offended, right? <laughs> it's like people come to me sometimes and they say, Pastor, out of the blue, it's like, Pastor, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave CRC. And I'm thinking, it's like going to your wife and you tell your wife, you've got a good marriage and you tell your wife the next day, honey, I'm never going to leave you. She's going to think, why the heck are you telling me that? Because you're obviously thinking it. So if somebody comes to me and says, you know what, I'm, I'm with you for life. I know he's, he's, he's already in his mind busy leaving. Because why do you have to tell me that? Why? Because <laughs> you're fighting a battle. Now you have to convince yourself in your own head. Because you're fighting a battle and it's coming out in the reverse of your mouth. You've been around long like me. You know when people say something where they're at. So we see from what comes out of Elijah's mouth exactly where he's at. And again, the isolation. Clear indication that the man is struggling with depression. The man is discouraged. The man is giving up. The man is doubting himself. The man is in a bad place. But God needs him as God needs you. So he's sitting in that cave where he's developing negative images. Dark recesses of his mind. And I'll say it again. Then you don't need somebody to phone you and feed it. Because it's going to kill you. It's going to kill your mind. You go to God. I mean, God baked a cake, which is symbolic of God's word, manna, fresh manna. God puts a rhema there. You go through hell. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because your rod and your staff, which talks about God's authority, God's word. You stay focused upon the word of God. You don't allow what you're going through to be fed by somebody that is not a spiritual person or somebody that is emotional or sentimental. Because that person's sentiment and emotionalism will magnify your state of mind. That's when you need to eat the Word of God. Remind yourself of what God's Word says. That's the time you have to shut your mouth and read the Word of God and meditate upon the Word of God and speak the Word of God because God's Word is healing to your soul. Listen to me. That's the time that you have to get yourself in the presence of God no matter how you feel, how confused you feel, how bitter you feel, how angry you feel. You should lift your hands to God and you should praise God and allow the waters from heaven to come and refresh and revive you. And when you see again, the offense is gone and you are back on your feet again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! So the cave is the ultimate place of, of, of isolation. Nobody can get there but God. It's a place where people turn to substance abuse, excessive drinking, snorting, whatever they do. It's not going to help you. You need to get back to God. Listen to me very carefully. We're not busy with religion here, by the way, young people. You need to get back to God. 
Because the day you lose your connection with God, you're in trouble. It's, it's, it's the start of regress. Because difficult times will come. Challenges will come. Opportunities will come. And if you are not anchored in God's love and walk with God in a living, abiding relationship, you will lose yourself. If anybody else's word becomes a priority over God's word, it's going to take you places you do not want to go. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? My sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, the voice of depression, the voice of offense, the voice of despondency, the voice of doubt, the voice of fear. They will not hear. They, they, they hear the voice of the good shepherd. So I'm saying this because you're never going to discern the voice of God. God, if, you, if your mind is in a state of restlessness, anger, bitterness, hopelessness, fear, you will not discern the voice of God because God now has asked him three times, what are you doing here? And every time he's giving the wrong answer. God feeds him, God waters him, and he's not moving. So God is patient, right? I said God is patient, hallelujah. Because God is not about to give up on us. You get here in back into church, God's gonna feed you. Fresh manna, thank God, you're gonna get it CRC. Not an old cooked meal, stale with worms. You're gonna get fresh manna baked in an oven of the Holy Ghost, which is gonna challenge you to change and to get back to God. And then the presence of God. But you have to arise, you have to partake. You're not a spectator. You have to eat what He served and drink what God gives, the waters of the Holy Spirit to renourish you, to replenish you, to shift things He knew because only He can do it. We're talking about a prophet that's very anointed here, but a prophet that lost his mind. I've seen many good people lose their minds and do crazy stuff. And the first sign is depression leading to isolation. I've said it a million times, but you have to hear me tonight. You isolate yourself, you're busy annihilating yourself. I don't care what your reason is. People that are sitting at home that used to be on fire in church, justifying a form of Christianity that you don't have to be in church. It is a deceptive lie from Satan. Even God Himself lives in communion. The Bible talks about the communion of the saints. The Bible talks about fellowship. You can't serve God by yourself in isolation. You'll be deceived there. Amen. It's a bad example, but it's a real example because we deal with people all the time that are fighting battles. I mean, a church this size with all over South Africa, etc., hundreds of thousands of people, we um, deal all the time with people that are fighting physical battles. So you go to the doctor, you know, you expect there's nothing wrong with you, and the doctor says, we've got a problem here, there's cancer. But it's only stage one. If we deal with it now, we can prevent stage four and save your life. Now, I'm not going to talk about what you believe. And if you believe doctors are not of God, then when you have a baby, please don't go to the doctor, okay? Because some people are so foolish in their, what they call his faith, that they never see a doctor or use medicine then I just want to say this to you. If you have a baby, don't go to a doctor. You deliver the baby yourself. If you break your tooth, you pray for your own tooth. You don't go to the dentist. You can't say certain times I use medicine and other times I don't use medicine. By the way, medicine is one of the ways that God uses to bring healing to His people. Are you listening to me tonight? Say amen. You, you better say amen. Hezekiah had a whole team of physicians that traveled with him. I think the charismatic faith, hyper-faith people have brought a, a, a wrong message to Christians to say, miracle, 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 miracle. Why didn't God do a miracle here for Elijah? I helped the prophet 
that, was, that always talks about miracles, etc. And I care about the young man. But when he came to me, he was at the verge of death, physically. He was busy dying, physically. His organs were starting to collapse in his body. And he's telling everybody, there's only one way, and that's miracles. So we helped him. Gracious doctors in our church helped him. And we got him whole over a period of a year. Still today, those doctors treat him. Every three months, he has to go for certain medical treatments, etc., etc. He sat with me one day in my office. I said, tell the truth. Tell the whole story. Stop putting the pressure on people that all it is is a miracle. And if something is not happening, there's something wrong with your faith. Tell people, there are pathways to your healing. There are pathways to your deliverance. You don't put your faith in a doctor. You put your faith in God. If God does a miracle, and that's as God wills, we thank God for it. But tell the whole story, tell the whole story. Tell people that you are standing behind the pulpit busy dying and God used medicine to save you. He never has. Sometimes you need a word. How to walk through that valley. Sometimes God can deliver you from the fire, but sometimes God gets with you in the fire. Like my daughter Chanel and Marcus now. In the fire with them. Every day they have to trust God as a family. We're not cynical, negative. We have won the victory before that baby was born. It's irrelevant. What is relevant is that we receive grace and that they keep a positive focus on the goodness of God and believing that there is a table. And they still, oh come on man, there's still a reason to rejoice and a reason to praise God, no matter what you're facing. Because the last chapter has not been written and God will have the final say. Even if somebody dies, and I'm not saying that for this child, I say even if somebody dies, death has lost its power. There is victory even in death for the Christian. Even if we don't have the answer, we don't go and sit in a valley of discouragement. We don't go hide in a cave and we say, God is not good. We say what Paul says, death, where is your sting? You have taken this life, but that life is in the presence of God. I'm gonna find reason to praise God. I'm gonna find reason to rejoice, but I'm not gonna quit on my destiny and my assignment because hell came and visited my life. I'm gonna keep on being stronger in Jesus' name. I mean, Pastor Andre and Pietro, uh, they haven't slept. The healer is 20 years old. They haven't slept for 20 years. Their children has to be monitored 24-7. That's what you people don't know about us as pastors. You think we are just these superhuman beings that have no challenges. We have challenges just like you. But we, we learn to order our minds and our thoughts. I mean, I jumped with him on Friday and Tehillah was fitting for three, four hours. Every single night, those two people have to monitor their kids for 20 years already. And they still have sound minds. Sometimes people have a little challenge like this and they think it's all over. And I, and I understand it's all about perspective. But my word, sometimes life deals you a deck of cards that you don't want. But I'll tell you that if you stay with God, God will lead you, God will guide you, God will sustain you, and God will be faithful. And God will give you grace for your race every day. There will be grace. God will give you strength. 
But whatever you do, you're not going to go sit under a juniper tree. And you are not going to go sit under a cave. And listen, if you find your brother in a cave, you better go there and jerk him out of the cave and get him back into church, get him back into the presence of God because you are your brother's keeper. You have to love him enough to say, hey, I'm not going to allow you to go into that cave of discouragement. You're not going to quit because God's not done with you. Come on, teenager. I don't care how hopeless things seem in South Africa. You have a future. You have a hope because God said so. You will not be a generation that camps in a cave. You will be a generation that will go to Mount Horeb which is a place of permanence, which is a place of blessing, which is a place of permanent victory. Because when you stand in this place, you are different to the person that stood in that place. Your perfect doctrine and your formulas, you learned did not work. Your three steps did not work. You learn in the valley to trust God. And you find God in the valley. That's where you find Him. Where you find Him. Yeah, God finds you. God anoints you. God blesses you. You're gifted. You have a voice. You're just an exceptional rugby player. You didn't work for it. It's talent that God gave you. World Cup comes. You've got an injury. You're not in the team. End of your career. But you didn't work for this. It just happened. You run out there. I mean, we work in the gym 50 hours. You with your steroids. I mean, you with your... You just do this three times and your muscle pops like... You're just a superhuman. And then you have... You lose favor. You don't make the team. You don't get the job. You don't get the breakthrough. You don't get the promotion. You go through a betrayal. You go through a disappointment. You you disillusion. Somebody says somebody. Your father, your mother, your uncle, your aunt, your dog no longer is happy to see you when you get home. That's the ultimate betrayal. Amen. (laughs) He no longer wags his tail. He looks at you like this. He says, Jesus, Paul, I know Jesus. I know, but who are you? then you know you, you're not at home as often as you should be. So God loves him. God doesn't leave him there and I have to close. I, I want it to be short, but this is critical. So the Lord comes to him in the cave and God says, go stand on the mountain before the Lord. That's where God found him. Get back to the mountain. Get back to church. I said, get back to church. Listen, if your brother wants to backslide, why do you want to backslide with him? If somebody else bad mouths, why do you join the bad mouthing club? You, you get their vomit on you. Right? You drive in a car where somebody's been smoking, you climb out, people think you smoked. You smell like that person's smoke. You're keeping wrong company, having wrong conversations. It says, get out. So God tells him, arise. God tells him, go. Now God says, get out of the cave. Get out. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop it. Get out. Stand on the mountain before the Lord. 
Because you'll give account to the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. I know we make a lot of noise in the church and God is in it, but I know we need to sometimes just shake things and make noise to wake you up so that you can actually hear the voice of God, okay? I hope you've registered for Dream Week because we're going to make a lot of noise and we're going to see a great move of God. God's going to shake things and turn things upside down, right side up. Listen. But the Lord was not in the wind after the, the, the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. But Elijah needed the wind and Elijah needed the earthquake and God brings a fire. Elijah needed the fire to wake up, to come to his senses. Elijah needed to be shaken. That's why when people come to CRC at first, they're shaken. They think it's a loud place. That guy's shouting all the time. No, I'm not shouting, I'm preaching. I'm trying to wake you up. Wake up from the dead. Wake up from your slumber. Rise up. Stand up. In Jesus' name. Trying to wake you up. So that you can actually believe what God says. So that you can actually get to the place where you hear the voice of God. The voice of God. Because when you hear, when you stop listening to the voice of God, you lose your sanity. Hear me very carefully. And there are many, many, many voices. The greatest battles between the ears, the longest journey people walk are the journey here. So that journey that we see there is, 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 is reflective of the journey people go through in their heads. It starts with a thought. A word, an experience, a thought. And the person in his mind goes, discouraged, isolation, quitting, no longer want to be part of CRC, making other plans, quitting, quitting, quitting on your destiny, on your position, your place, where God placed you, quitting, because the preacher said something you didn't want to hear. And when that doctor told your daddy or your best friend that was diagnosed with stage one cancer, and that doctor said, now you have to go for chemotherapy. How, I, I've not met a cancer patient that wants chemotherapy. But that person has enough sense to know if I do not go and sit there and take that drip that, that affects my immune system, I may not make it. And we have less sense, sometimes spiritual sense, than people have when it comes to physical matters. Not realizing that your spirit life and your emotional well-being is more important than your physical well-being. That's why we treat church and we treat the Word of God and we treat the presence of God as when we want it. Then when there's a crisis, we're too weak to get into the presence of God. Some of you are in stage two, stage three, stage four of spiritual decline. You're busy dying. And this pre preacher is shouting to get your attention. But if that patient doesn't go on a weekly basis and sit and trust the process. Listen. That that medication is going to do something good. And I don't want to debate chemotherapy. My father went through it. My brother went through it. I know what cancer does to people. I understand the, the disease. I hate it with a passion. But more than that, I hate sin. 
And I dislike the foolishness of people that treat their spiritual journey as a by the way. It doesn't matter. And the carelessness that people have concerning their relationships, their thoughts, and the worship of God. And they want to be on a mountaintop, but they will not give God the time of day. They will listen to every other voice, but the voice of the good shepherd. And the more they listen to what society promotes and social media promotes, the more they lose their peace. And the more you lose your peace, the less likely you are ever to hear the voice of God. Like Elijah, didn't hear the voice of God. All he hears now are his emotions. And the emotions here can be people, can be your wife, that yaka, 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 yaka in your ear. Don't marry a wife that yucks. Better to live in the wilderness than with a yucking wife. A yucking means nagging. That doesn't mean a wife may not say, yes sir, no sir. <laughs> ah, there I got you woman now. There, there's the woman, uh, the feminists all, all made with me now. Okay, okay. Have a moment, have your moment. Simmer a little bit. Let me feel what your husband feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Simmering pot, women are there. Okay, I won't go there. Let's just leave there. Let me not lose the, the audience here tonight. Steam pot. Simmering pot. <laughs> okay, I'll stay there. Uh, that's not you. You know, if the shoe fits, wear it. I'm not talking about you. You are godly. You've got a quiet and gentle spirit, like the Bible says. You are adorned with inner beauty. You're not a contentious wife, hallelujah. So I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people out there, the crazies. Huh? So uh, after the fire, the Lord was in the fire and after the fire, listen, I'm closing a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, the familiar voice that called you <laughs> when there was no other influence no challenge that voice when he heard that voice you see what life does it has the ability to silence that voice what challenges does it has the ability to silence that voice what people do they have the ability to override that voice offense have the ability to override that voice. And suddenly you're listening to another voice and you actually feel justified and it's a voice of bitterness. It's a voice of anger. It's a voice that's stealing your joy and your peace. That will stop your destiny. If you do not forgive and repent and, and get your sound mind back, which you can only do through submission and obedience to the fresh manner, God's Word reading the Bible, not justifying offense, not justifying where you're at, doing what God's Word says, full stop. Not open, forgive, that you may be forgiven. God did not have a debate with the prophet. God says to him, arise, arise, eat. He arose, ate and drank, slept. Still in a bad place. Again, God says, eat, drink. He's still in a bad place. God says to him, go to the mountain. He's still in a bad place. He goes to a cave. That's why I'm saying it's a journey. It's not a quick fix. It's a journey. It's a pursuit of God. It's your refusal to camp at any other place. 
Not going to camp in discouragement because thoughts of discouragement come to all of us. When I started in Lady Brand, I wanted to quit every Monday. Every Monday I thought about quitting. Thank God I never did. You say, do you still think about quitting sometimes? You better believe. Sometimes I think I'm better off somewhere else. But you know, birds fly over all our heads. I will not quit. That's not the issue. The issue is everybody has thoughts of quitting but you're never going to go sit in that place. If you have a focus and if you have an assignment, you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and you follow God's assignment for your life. Say amen tonight in Jesus' name. So again, God says to him, or he heard, he heard the voice and he wrapped his face in the mantle. So um, the mantle is the calling as a doctor, as a businessman. You've lost your business. God says, I'm going to restore your business, restore your losses. You're not in the team. You don't give up on your dream. God says, I'm going to get you back. You stay in the race. You work harder. You did not get um, election as a medical student. You don't give up on your dream. A delay is not a denial. You don't put your mantle down because of what other people do or other people's actions. You keep your face wrapped in your mountain. You stay in the purpose of God. No matter how difficult it may seem, he heard the voice of God. Listen, and he knew everything was going to be okay. And I'm saying that to you tonight. Everything is going to be okay in the name of Jesus Christ because the Lord said so. I don't know what hell you are facing, what valley you are walking through, but I'll tell you tonight, everything is going to be okay for the Lord Himself will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies to hell with the devil, to hell with Jezebel, to hell with intimidation to hell with a naysayer and a hater you keep on going you keep stronger you stay determined you keep on walking through the valley the Lord himself will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies and the Lord will anoint your head with fresh oil and your cup will run over and you will say at the end of your life goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life because I chose to dwell in the house of the Lord. Come on, give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. Give Him a praise. There's nothing like hearing the voice of God because it's in that place, listen, that His sanity returned. His sanity returned. You know, when an evil report comes, I saw with my daughter, all of us, we had to work through this whole thing. So sit down, it's personal, but I mean, we share lives with you. Uh, at 20 week old, 24 weeks old when the baby was diagnosed with certain things and there were certain decisions they have to make and I hope you don't take exception. It was a difficult time emotionally, etc., etc. A lot of decisions to make uh, and um, many, 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 many challenges. But the issue was, I said to my daughter, you keep your eyes on Jesus. I could see the battle she's fighting emotionally, e- emotionally. And, and Marcus with his big smile. It's reality. I see behind the smile, I know the story. I see behind the smile with these two people, I know the story. Yes, the smile is real, but so is the pain. So is the journey. It's real. It's not the superficial little Christian bubble that people make it. It's real. But God's grace is sufficient every single day. And I could see in her, because she's my baby, okay? She's my baby girl. I could see in her, first, the fear, the denial, the despondency, 
And I said to my girl, uh-uh, we're going to get through this. And prayed and spoke and prayed. And then one night she was sitting in church. She could say that herself. And something shifted in her. Something shifted in her. And she knew no matter what the natural says, everything is going to be okay. She was in the house of the Lord and her sanity returned in the presence of God. I don't care what hell you are going through. As a family, we believe the Word of God. We live dependent upon the grace of God. And so should you, my brother and my sister. I'll tell you, God will not fail you, but you're not going to stay in that valley of discouragement, disillusionment, despair, and ask the questions, why? Why, Lord? Why me? There's no why. There's only a worship. There's only a victory. There's only a Judah. There's only a place of praise for the people of God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will keep on praising my King in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you heard the still small voice and his sanity returned. He gathered his wits. He wrapped himself in his mantle. He picked up his calling. Chanel, you're going to preach the gospel all over this world. And no devil, no hell will stop God's call upon your life to hell with the devil. God has not abandoned you. God has not failed you. This will be for the glory of God. You and your husband, you keep on praising God. You will be stronger. You will have scars, but those scars will become the stars for other people. You will cheer people on. You will lift people for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God and will be for the glory of God. Listen, my girl, in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you by the power of the Holy Ghost, God will take you. God will enlarge your boundary. You will be stronger. You will be more powerful because what was meant for evil, God's going to turn around for good. You will be unstoppable. You will speak words of healing. God's going to use you to, to lay hands on people and God's going to do miracles in the name of Jesus because that's what God's going to do. He's going to prepare a table internationally for you in the presence of the devil. And every time you get up, the devil will regret what he did to your child because God is a God of a turnaround. Shout hallelujah in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Elijah, your days are not over. Elijah, your days are not over. It's the days of the double portion. Not time to resign. Not time to quit. Not time to get weak. Not time to be frustrated. Not time to be disillusioned. You have to arise tonight in the name of Jesus and be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You have to rise and eat. Rise and drink. Rise and eat. Rise and drink. Rise and eat. Rise and drink. Because there's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other Savior. There's no other cure. But the Word of God, manna, the Logos, the Rhema, Jesus, manna from heaven, and the Word that we read, eat, and the refreshing presence of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands with me tonight, please. All over South Africa, lift your hands. Lift your hands. <sighs> lift your hands. Come tonight, Holy Spirit.
what only you can do, Father. Go beyond the internet, the reason. <clears throat> Go to the deep recesses of our minds and anoint us with fresh oil. Settle things in the hearts and the minds of your people. I come against every Jezebel spirit, every spirit of intimidation, manipulation, persecution. I break your power. Stand against you with the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. I break your power. Break your assignment. I break despondency, despair, discouragement of every mind, depression, thoughts of suicide. Loose! You matter, your life matters. Have the conversation you have to have now. You, 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 you're, sitting, you're sitting in the wrong place. Have the right conversation. Eat, eat what God is telling you right now. Let go, forgive. Don't let your pride stop, stop you from forgiveness. Let go, let go, let go. Get out of that cave of isolation. Get out of it. It's destroying you. It's destroying your mind, your personality, your joy. Turn your eyes back to Him. Hallelujah. Let God do His work. Let God do His work. Let God do His work. If you have to kneel, you have to kneel. This is you and God now. You need private conversation. Private, 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 private. God knows every battle, every thought. And He never came to judge His prophet. He never did. He came to lift Him. God's here to lift you, to lift you, to love you and to lift you. He's here to love you and to lift you. Love you and lift you to assure you. All over this country, he's here to love you and lift you. Every thought of quitting, every thought of suicide, I cancel that. I cancel it. I cancel it off your life tonight. Cancel it. I break it. Every curse spoken over you, I cancel it. Every voice that's brought dorm trauma, I break the power of those words over your life. I break it. Jezebel will not have the final say. God will. Jezebel will not have the final say. God will. God will. God will. God will. God will. God's will will prevail. But you've got to rise and eat. You've got to rise and eat. You've got to rise and eat. 
You've got to rise and eat. You have to return to the place that you've come from. Back to the foot of the cross. Back to the presence, the person of Jesus Christ. You have to rise. Stop playing this as a, as a game. Stop doing this Christian thing as a game. It's your life. This is more important than chemotherapy. This deals with every aspect of your life. Your spirit and your soul deals with every aspect of your life. Some of you need to get back to God tonight, all across our country, listen to me. Things have happened that have taken you away from God and God's presence. Things that have disillusioned you. And you've lost yourself, you've lost your connection with God. You're not in a good place. Some of you tonight, if you died, you don't know that you'll go to heaven. You have a religion, but you don't have a relationship. You can't character. You lose your Bible. Made die verhouding met Jesus nie. Ek was daar vir jare gewees. Elke hand gebid. Heere, vergeef my genadiglik. Al my sonnes my naam sonwil. Geen verhouding met die Heere gehad nie. Had no relationship with God. Filled with many things. Jesus says, we're hot or we're cold. If we're lukewarm, He spits us out of our East mouth. This generation, you, cannot afford to live half-hearted and to follow God half-hearted. Your challenges you face are too great and severe. You cannot do this half-hearted. You have to surrender all to Jesus Christ. I want every head bowed here, Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, in all the churches, Potsdam, Durban, Chabaron, Evantuk, wherever you are tonight, God's talking to you. God said to Elijah, what are you doing here? The fact is Elijah ran from God. That's actually the truth of what happened here. You're not going to go to depression. and uh, Medically, people do serotonin levels. I understand the scientific. We spoke about it this morning. But um, you're not going to stay in a bad place while your relationship with God is good. I don't care who you are. You're right with God. Your relationship with people will be right. It's just how it is. You're right with God. You'll be right. He's in that place because he runs actually from God. He runs from the mountain. And he has to go through this journey to get back to the mountain, which is, is the presence of God. Some of you have been running from God. And God doesn't come to him and judge him, points out his faults and mistakes. God loves him. And God does everything he can to restore him back into, his, into a relationship with him. You're standing here tonight and you need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. You've been running away from God. You've been living one foot in the world, one foot in the church. I don't know. But you have to get back to God. Tonight, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, people praying in all our churches to say tonight, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I need to get right with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I need peace. Then I want to pray for you. God's been talking to you throughout the service and you know that you've lost that connection between you and God and tonight it has to be reestablished. that still small voice only as you come to Jesus every head bowed you say tonight I want to surrender my life to Jesus I want to come back to Jesus I need a fresh start with God I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior if that's you then I want to pray for you while every head is bowed every eye closed just lift your hand quickly right where you are slip it up high all over this place raise it lift it lift it lift it slip it up say yes Thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Many hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. 
God bless you. God bless you. Something is happening in your heart. God's talking to you. Jy staan hier vanavond, ek vraag nie lang jy in die kerk is, en ek vraag as jy jou saak reg my Heere. Gaan nie oor doktrine of dogma nie, het gaan oor die verhouding met Jesus. After everything is said and done, that you are ready to face Him. And that you will live for Him. Last time before I pray, there's a stirring in your heart tonight, God's talking to you and you're saying, I need a fresh start with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your desire, quietly raise your hand quickly. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you. Lift it up. Thank you. God bless you, God bless you. As people are still coming, I'm going to say it again. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Those friends of yours that used to be on fire for God, go to that cave. and go win them back. Don't write them off. Don't cancel them. They matter. And they should matter to you. And you may just be the only person that can get them out of the cave. So let's be people that care, that understand, that we are the angels, the messengers. Maybe not like a Billy Graham to thousands, but to one, to individuals. That friend that is isolated in deception, in offense, in anger, in bitterness, in sin, whatever it is. There's no your time to name that the gans in man, near my black school. What do you know? What do you gaan do? No one to gaan veroordeel nie. Maar wat sê nie man, kom nou. Ek en jy was altyd in hy grot gewees. Die Heer het ons altyd in hy grot uitgebring. Wat doen jy terug in hy grot? Dan smeek jy hom. Keer terug na, keer terug na jou, na God toe. Come to your senses. Because if you don't, you'll pay for it the rest of your life. The rest of your life, walking away from God, you'll pay that price as long as you live. As long as you live. Elijah walked away from God. God went after him. And God sent an angel. You are the angel to your friends, to your family, to your cousins, people that were on fire, people that were there on Mount Carmel. Throw now in a valley of sin, deception, whatever it is, doesn't matter. You need to go to them and speak sense to them and bring them back to the presence of God, God's Word and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Put your hand on your heart, all of you pray with me tonight. Say this tonight across the country. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me just as I am. Tonight I return to you. I come back to you. I open my heart to you. And I invite you to take your rightful place again. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. 
thank you for loving me so much that you went to the cross and you died for all my sin. I believe you rose again. I believe you are the Christ. Tonight I accept you. Thank you for accepting me and for giving me a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.